Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up, it's Dud. And I'm Obert. And um, man, get, do you guys believe how the Super Bowl turned out? Yeah, what what a game, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, typical Patriots and typical Rams doing yeah, their typical I, things. Right. And like, we all knew like who won was going to win the entire time. It was like, what, I don't know. What a boring game. Yeah. Well, except, except for, the, for that, just, that missed call. Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe that one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I mean, the missed call and then there was too many calls all at the same time. It was just really kind of crazy. I just thought it was funny when t- Twitter was going crazy um, after the game and Belichick did his typical Belichick thing, you know, where he, he was just up there talking to everybody and like, okay, yeah, we get we're, it. We're on the next season. Right. On yeah. to the next season. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh, great. Way to show emotion. After the result of the game. <laughs> yeah. And what did you guys think of the uh, the halftime show? Maroon 5 sucks. I, I, I really, I didn't see, I, I, you know, I didn't see it coming, you know, when the, when the person came up from the stage and like just started rocking out, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I can't believe they actually sang Sweet Victory from SpongeBob. That was pretty unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I watched, I watched Halftime Heat. On the WWE network instead. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I heard that's going on. So, or that went on. I can't. Uh, you know, I saw the highlights from that match too, and I don't believe that the team won. Yeah, it was a good match. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine I didn't see the whole thing. Adam Cole hit a few super kicks. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know which of the two teams I wanted less to win: the team from LA or the team from. The Patriots, <laughs> the team that is the Patriots <laughs> from from Mega England. Yeah, yeah the team from the Mega England Patriots. Yeah, Unf- I mean, unfortunately, going into that game, you know, you knew one of them was going to win and one of them was going to lose, and hey, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So you know, after talking about the game, you know, let's move on from that. What what are we all drinking? I'll go first. I mean, I okay. need to I need to wash my mouth out from. The team that won winning, you know, because I, I'm not, I'm either not excited or excited about it. Can't, I can't really decide yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking. Oh god, oh no, I'm having technical difficulties. Here we go. <laughs> Just like that kicker. Eh, it doesn't sound as impressive. Wow, that was <laughs> a bad can break. Well, it's a it's a crowler, so they're kind of hard to to crack. Uh, and yeah, I can't believe the kicker. Miss those field goals, you know? It was crazy. And or punts. <laughs> right. <laughs> or extra points. Right. Yeah. And then there was there was those turnovers. Ah, enough about the game. Enough yeah, about the yeah game. we got to move on. We're getting carried away. So I'm drinking one of our first beers that was given to us via our beer recycling program. So thank you to Joe, friend of the pod, written in a few times. Uh, she highlighted nice. a mailbag last week right yes yes asked a very good packy question last week but she hooked me up with a crowler from key city brewing company out of vicksburg mississippi which i had never heard of before in my life how quickly can you spell mississippi pretty fast <laughs> so. the answer we were all expecting <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is Solaire. It is a wit beer, and it's a horchata inspired wit beer. So that's going to be very interesting. Weird, yeah. What is, I know. What is Have a you ever horchata? Had horchata? 
Uh, you know, I don't know if I have had one. And a horchata is a Mexican style drink that is made with like, and Obert, you're the, you're the, but it's like rice and milk and cinnamon and yeah, it reminds else. me a little bit of chai tea. So not okay. It's not made with horse. No, it's not made of with horse or horses or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it like a key party city? Is that where you're going with that? <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, I mean, I like the art on the crowler. It's a pretty cool looking crowler. Uh, we'll have posts up on the Instagram, of course. Oh, that is pretty nifty yeah. looking. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I've, you know, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've ever had a beer from Mississippi, so this might be like kind of a, kind of a big deal. New state, me. checking off the list. Yeah. So I have it in my glass, a uh, nice, kind of like a, a light, a little bit of haze to it. Smell is, I mean, it smells like a wit to me, so I don't, I mean, we'll have to, we'll have you to get see what it tastes like. Kind of wild yeast strains. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, generally not the biggest wit beer fan to, you know, I think that goes without saying, but. So for our listeners out there who might not know what a wit is, uh, can you name a large macro brewed wit? Yeah, so I think the one that jumps out most prominently is Blue Moon. So uh, that's a wheat beer, so it'll be something along the lines, or should be something along the lines of a Blue Moon. Now, being horchata inspired, I doubt it's going to taste like a Blue Moon. Plus, I don't have an orange, so you know <laughs> you, have, you have to drink a Blue Moon with an orange. So it's it's a must. But let's see let's see how this thing tastes. Yeah, another popular one would be um, Whiskered Wit in Connecticut from Beard. That's their flagship flagship wit beer. Shock Top is another one. Mm. That's my favorite of the macro brewed wits. I prefer Shock Top over Blue Moon every day of the week. Okay, that okay. So you can definitely tell that it's a wit beer. You do get those. I, I and I can't describe it. It's something about the aftertaste that normally doesn't sit well with me. But I get some. I get the cinnamon. I get like a nice full flavor in the middle and it really helps carry this beer for me. It's like I said, really, really light. Uh, would you say you get any creamy, milky notes from the horchata flavor at all? Maybe a little bit. It is like it is more substantial, like thicker than I would expect like a blue moon to be. But I'm not mm. going to say it, it tastes like it tastes like there's milk or lactose or anything in it. There might be, but. It does feel, have a, a heavier mouthfeel than a normal wit beer would. Hmm. 5.8% alcohol. So, you know, not too bad. Nice, easy drinker. And yeah, not a bad beer, especially for my first ever Mississippi beer for a, a style that I generally don't, don't care for all too much. But I'll say give it a solid, I'll give it a solid 325 out of 5. Nice. There we go. That's not bad. Now, especially for a style that you don't like. Right. Yeah. Mm. Now, is there a backstory as to how this beer got recycled into your possession? Yeah. So Joe and her sister, Megan, they take a bunch of road trips and then they write a blog. And the blog is called My Next 30 Years. I'll put a link in the show notes because it's kind of hard to find if you try to Google it. But yeah, they often takes these like, you know, couple day road trips and goes and does like some random stuff. Uh, like she's gone to uh, do ghost hunts before. There's been times ghost where hunts. she's gone. Yeah, like she'll they'll stay in like a haunted building and <laughs> set up set up like ghost equipment and like you know take recordings and all of that fun stuff. And That's then, awesome. Re, yeah, it, it you they know just, I've read 
drive a car with a big siren and a ghost with a no smoking symbol <laughs> over it on the side. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. <laughs> but they do a lot of those really cool road trips, and it seems as though you know the work schedule that they work is very very lenient and allows them to travel a lot. So they do they like they've gone to you know the middle uh, just they've gone to like i believe kansas once uh i don't remember the point or why the trip uh but i know they've made a lot of trips just for breweries in the past that's and that's pretty cool you know, yeah so they do this uh they go through and they and then they visit these things they do these like ghost hunts and they do some other things along the way and then they write about it in this blog which is pretty cool so she loves the podcast or at least I'm saying she loves the podcast. I know she listens every week. And uh, she grabbed this crowler for me because it was a brewery that they stopped in when they were in Mississippi. And this was their favorite beer there. Would, so. it, would it be funny if she was like, she just told you the other day, like, I listen every week, but I really don't like the podcast. <laughs> that's how we get enemies. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's how we get enemies. No. And I'm doing a bad job of uh, describing the blog because they do a lot of cool things. But I just... Uh, haven't read through all of the backlog yet so great well that sounds like a really cool blog yeah definitely yeah yeah check it out uh you know my my next 30 years and link will be in the show notes great so i'm gonna review my beer next okay yeah i i, I was about to say i can't be the only one that's thirsty yeah I was going to say that, but I feel like I every week I always use the, man, I'm getting thirsty line, so I try to, <laughs> I try to just cut to the chase. <laughs> Obert's got this, this undesirable thirst. Uh, yeah, unquenchable thirst. That's the words. <laughs> That's how words work. Yeah. English, is, English is hard. We got it. Yeah. Me do bad word. <laughs> so this is actually the second brewery that was featured in my Beer of the Month club package that I got. I talked a little bit about last week. Beer of the Month. Beer of the Month. Beer of the Month. Yep, that's that will be our song every time I do one because I'm going to get more of these packages. So, uh, Tud, well, that'll be your cue. Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, this is from Ipswich Brewing, or Ipswich Brewery, I should say. And Ipswich is, I believe, north of Boston on the Massachusetts shore. Um, I'm drinking the Root 1A from them, and it's a double IPA. Uh, and before I get into the beer, I want to tell you a little bit about the brewery. Again, I got the fa- the fancy dancy uh, malt of the earth newsletter here. Ooh, yeah. So this is one of the older breweries in the state, formed in ninety one. So it's t- uh, over twenty five years old. It's you know it's a typical brew pub, and uh, the beer I'm drinking tonight, Rue One A, was actually originally just released as an in brewery beer, but they then expanded it because it was so popular and started bottling it and selling it. Uh, they also have they make their own sodas. And it says here that they have a tap mobile that you can rent for special events, which I think would be pretty cool. <laughs> wow, that is that is pretty cool. Yeah, I believe show... you can get this beer in the package stores in Connecticut too, just as a as an aside. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So if you like if you like the, the sound of his his review, folks, go out to the store and buy it. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, so here we go. Here's Route One A. So this is a pretty standard double IPA. I would say it's a solid. Nice golden color. Uh, you can see very, not very hazy clear. at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a filtered double IPA. Yeah, I get a lot of citrusy tangerine notes, um, a little bit of pineapple. It's This is highlighting, I guess, in the mandarina hops, which I've never heard of before. I guess it's a new 
German variety of hops. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of them either. Yeah, never heard of it. For the aroma, I get a little bit of that earthy double IPA aroma, as well as a little bit of zest, fruit zest, like um, maybe orange peel. In terms of malt character, I'm going to say I get a little bit of biscuity flavor, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> Tud Cleo says yes. Tud Cleo says yes. Yeah, we got to bring Tud Cleo back. <laughs> Um, overall, this is a good, it's a 8.3% beer, so it's pretty standard for your double IPA. Low on the IBUs, it comes in at 64. Ooh, so that's a, that's not a lot of bite at all on that. No, right. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a very bitter profile here. That's nice. That's, um, that's very drinkable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a drinkable double IPA. Yeah, so you know what's interesting, now that you mentioned that there's only 64 IBUs, remember last week's beer was at 99 IBUs, and... They were saying that it's approaching double IPA territory. Right. So I wonder if they're really, I wonder if which one was cor- incorrect. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually in the newsletter here, they say hop bitterness is firm, but not crushing like many other double IPAs. Uh, instead, the Ipswich Brewers chose to focus more on the fruity and floral characteristics rather than simply driving the IP- IBUs into the stratosphere. So okay. I don't well, mind stratospheric IBUs personally. Um, which is why I'm going to also rate this only about a three and a quarter. It's coming in at three and a quarter for me. I like something a little bit hazier, a little bit more of the hop aroma and character than this than this for a double IPA. But, you know, if you're not into super hoppy double IPAs, maybe this beer is for you. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I love that bitterness. So Yeah, I think I think our, my co-hosts are on the same page as me. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't mind a nice smooth beer, but yeah, the, the bitterness is definitely... A must if you're going to drink a double IPA. I think I think friend of the podcast Jenna might appreciate this. Yeah, there we uh, go. You know our honorary fourth co-host. It's an she, approachable approachable double IPA. Yes, right. yes, exactly. Let's let's face it. She probably still wouldn't like it. It's yeah. an IPA. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? We'll, we'll yeah. have to. Yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> Jenna, see if you can't find us and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that, I'm going to hand it off to Tud. Tud, you got a final review for tonight? I do. Let me get ready here. That's good. That's oh, come on. Uh-huh. Listen, he's he's in position. Somebody somebody had to step up after that awful beer crack that you gave us. Listen, listen, okay. Crack, cracking a crawler is hard. Well, cracking a can is not. Very true. So tonight, you know, in the spirit of what I've been doing all year uh, and cleaning out my fridge, I am drinking a Reindeer Slayer from Thomas Hooker Brewing um, in Bloomfield, Connecticut, also in Hartford, Connecticut, in the Colt Building. This is a, one of my newer beers in my fridge. I bought it probably the week before Christmas. It is their Imperial um, Stout, Imperial Milk Stout, sorry. And the description is, lock up your furry friend Santa, the reindeer slayer is on the loose. This Imperial Milk Stout is made with uh, for the winter and everything it has in store. So this beer is very thick, uh, not a lot of, you can't tell if there's anything floating in the beer. It's extremely dark, no light shines through it. How's the, the how's the head? The head's awesome. Uh, very. I'm oh wow! Say, yeah, I'm going to say like cookie colored. The can's also yeah, awesome. Yeah, I can see it's very dark, very very thick head. Yeah, you could basically scoop that out with a spoon. I think. Yeah, the can it has really cool can art. It's a reindeer with glasses on it, getting its mug shot taken at a police station. So you'll see that up on the Instagram. Definitely check that out. So let's try it. So 
I'm looking at this can art too, and is it is the reindeer? Is he the sleigh? I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> or are there, are we slaying reindeers? And do we think they miss the boat by not making it S L E I G H E R? Yeah, I think I the think reindeer that's is the killer. Pun. Okay, so why does so? I guess Santa shouldn't have to worry unless unless he's hunting under he's slaying other reindeers. Well, unless the reindeer right. is trying to kill Santa. Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know. For back wages, <laughs> unpaid, unpaid reindeer labor. So, so this beer is very thick. A um, lot of coffee flavor on it. Very smoky. A little bit of chocolate on the back end. Definitely a little boozy. It only weighs in at eight and a half percent, which I think for this thickness and this type of flavor profile is a little light for what I'm usually used to. But you can definitely taste the booze all around. Definitely a lot of coffee. Maybe a slight hint of. Uh, like not chocolate, like dark cocoa on the back end. Overall, a really good beer. Uh, Hooker is one of my favorite under the radar breweries in Connecticut. They put out a lot of good stuff. They used to just be known for you know the standard selection of beers, but over the past two and a half years, they've really come on strong with beers like Reindeer Slayer or Hashtag No Filter or Odoo Blumpy. Yeah, all I can think of when you when you describe that beer is is contrasting it to the Munson's chocolate beer that I don't know if they still make. They still but... do. That is basically like chocolate water, (laughs) alcoholic chocolate water, which (laughs) in my opinion was not, was tasted as good as it sounds, but. Yeah, no, this is definitely nothing even close to that. This is, this is a beer drinker's stout. To think that those two, that they've come from there and uh, are are at this point now, it's impressive. You know, they learned to adapt to the, to the changing climate in Connecticut. Yeah, and I think we discussed before they have a new head brewer fairly recently, right? That came from Nebco. No, no, no. They have their their head brewer has always has consistently been the same. It's the guy who owns the, the business. They had an old brewer though, who basically gave them the recipe for hashtag no filter and Ode to Blumpy before he left, and he went to go start New Park Brewing in West Hartford. Okay, that's right. Um, that's what I was thinking of. That's how they basically got into the New England IPA train. And then this beer, I don't know where this came from, but this the, the brewer over at Hooker has definitely stepped up his game recently, and they're they're on fire. Uh, definitely go check them out if you're in the Hartford area. Their beer is always readily available in their uh, breweries, both in Bloomfield and in downtown Hartford. They're also available in basically every single package store. Overall, I'm going to give this beer a 425. You know, actually, I know two of the brewers there. Really? Yeah, Ooh. I so and Todd, I think you've maybe met them once. I don't remember, but uh, Jonas and Sai from formerly Steady Habit. Oh they, yeah, I believe they still work there now. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Those guys make some made some pretty good beers back when they were working for Steady Habit. Yeah, they they work there, and then they worked. I know at least Jonas went to Armada and. I don't know if they worked at Thirty Mile for a minute, but yeah, I know recently they've been they've been brewing over at Hooker, so you know they're moving up in the in the brewing world. If they listen to the podcast, which I assume everybody does, so that, right? Just, that reminds me. Also, remind me to bring up Armada Brewing in a little bit. I have a story about them to tell the pod too. Okay, yeah, we'll do. But speaking of of potentially shitty beers that Connecticut doesn't have, bottom, 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 bottom. That's right, folks. Unfor it's a potentially unfortunate thing. 
we have a, a quick face your beer segment, and I say quick, but it's a bomber, so it might be. <laughs> it might not <laughs> oh, be you so. You just pour quick. some in my glass here. I'll, I'll drink some. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're going to want to drink this beer, Robert. That's... You know, I don't know either. So we were going through cleaning out the garage, which is always a good start to a beer story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we came across this box of Noble Brewer. Now, I don't know if any... Have you guys heard of this before? Or, Only I mean, you might... because of no. you. Okay. But this sounds so... like something you would find in like the... the attic of like muppet babies just like <laughs> just like you dusted the you blew the dust off the top of this box and it was just like a hidden treasure in your garage right yeah so noble brewer was actually kind of a neat thing in theory and what they did was they would take recipes from like home brewers and they would contract brew and basically just do like one batch or one, a few batches of this homebrew recipe. And then you would pay X amount of dollars a month to, and they'd send them to your house. So oh. you'd get a big box of like 12 beers. Oh God, and that is, has the potential to be really good or really catastrophic. Well, it's funny how the story goes, uh, because apparently the way it had done, that happens is if you sign up for a new box, sometimes they will throw in like, you know, you'll get six extra beers or whatever and those six extra beers could be who knows how old like they could have been you know an ipa from a year ago or two years ago or whatever so there's some some weird stuff that happened there either way i signed up and i got a box and i drank one of the beers or one or two of the beers when i first got the box and they were not great <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of unfortunate I mean that's a very cool concept though. Absolutely. That's why yeah. I ended up I ended up buying the first box. I was like, "Oh man, that's pretty cool." And like every quarter or something you would get more beer. So I don't think they do this anymore. However, yeah, based lucky... on my quick Google, they don't exist. Okay, all right. <laughs> so there you go. So luckily for our listeners though, I still have <laughs> almost a full box of these bombers sitting in my my basement right now. The beer and... that has outlasted the brewery. Yeah, it's, right. It's like a whole box full of face your beer segments. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. Chris is going to do his first vertical tasting. <laughs> <laughs> All 22-ounce bombers. Yeah. So here here we have uh, American Pale Ale. Uh, I picked out one that I don't think would have cellared very well. So, you know, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome drinking a little Face with friends. Face your beers nation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're welcome. Hashtag friends of the pod. It's called our Jared Little Pale. It's an American pale ale. I don't know when it was brewed. Uh, I don't know when it was bottled, but I know I've had, I probably ordered this in maybe 2000, late 2015, early 2016. So it's probably two and a half to three years old since I've, uh, since I've had it and who knows. So we decided, you know what? Why not? People love it. They're clam, they're clamor for it. Why not give them a, uh, Quick yeah. face your beer segment. We so. see we get some positive reaction from the last video we posted of uh, me taking the, the shot. <laughs> so. Yeah, we might have to do this. Uh, let's see how this thing pours, and we might have to set up the same kind of thing with this. So, Is it bad that I'm still rooting for the first puke on the pod? I'm waiting for well, it to explode when he opens it. I know. That's what I'm that could like, also worried occur. about. I'm, I'm, move the I'm very nervous. Move, oh. move everything. Okay, here we go. I'll, can you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no! 
<laughs> it happened. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so it it definitely did explode. I was able to contain it into the glass. So, you know, you got a decent amount of head on that right yeah, now. Yeah, a little bit. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah but I think it would have been a. Oh, it's still going. We might get the first puke on the pod. I don't know about that. When was the last time that you puked from a sip of beer? Not like being drunk, but like oh. zero times. Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think I've ever had a beer that I've was bad. I've never seen for me anyone too. who's had a sip of beer and thrown up. Yeah, maybe today Man, will be I, the first. I'm gonna <laughs> say I'll take a picture of the inside of this bottle cap too, because oh boy, this is gonna be. This is. I have a feeling it's gonna taste really like metallic. You know? Can you can you hold it up to the? Can you see that? Oh jeez. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, moldy, maybe. You, All right, so, you might die of, like, dysentery from this. Oof. Okay, so I smell it, and I get absolutely nothing. Nothing that... It's like... It smells like a pale ale that's way too old. Like, that's exactly what it smells, it smells like. So. so it smells like disappointment, is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't look great. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like, roll it or anything, but it just looks kind of Disappointment with, like, maybe a hint of sweaty sock. Yeah. Ted, Ted Cleo doesn't want any part of this. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Episode 23, Face Your Beer segment, Jared Little Pale. Let's see how this goes. So here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, my <laughs> Lord. Woo! Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That is a rough, rough beer. <laughs> that did not. Oh, man. It's like it almost takes like 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 sour, like spoiled, just oh, not in a good way. Not yeah. in a good way. Oh man, yeah. I, it's I've seen you ha- drink some bad beers before, but I don't think I've ever seen you make that face drinking oh, a man. beer. It's I mean I'm gonna finish it because it's the it's it's what we have to do. It's it's the law of the land, but it's it's rough. It yeah, that's that dysentery coming for you right there. How is there any sediment in there? You know, it's probably all at the bottom of the bottle. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the next go round. Once I I guess you just got the- all the stuff that exploded oh. out. So. Man, it is bad. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Jared. Uh, Jared Little Pale, but or sorry, Jaded Little Pale. Oh man, I read that wrong a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. This is not, and this is not a good beer. This is not a good beer at all. <laughs> if you could come up with other adjectives than "not good" to describe this beer, and expand on that sour. Yeah, I mean, it's like. I don't know. I can tell at one point it was supposed to have some kind of citrus flavor to it, but it's very muted and like really, really sharp now. And I, I can taste the malt and like nothing, nothing seems to work right now. It just, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to, really hard to describe it. Reminds just, me of maybe a slice of orange you would get in your blue moon from a bar that you would never ever want that orange to touch your beer. Oh, <laughs> that's like every I mean, that's single probably pretty true. college bar. Ugh. Right. Yeah. That, that orange has been sitting there for two weeks. Yeah. Or if you ever, ever had an IPA that sat for like, I mean, it tastes like an IPA or a keg that maybe the lines weren't taken care of very well. And the keg's old to begin with, it, it, you know, like, Bowling alley. Yeah. Bowling alley. <laughs> I can name any bowling alleys. Yeah. <laughs> I know the would exact say, flavor you're talking about. Would you say that it's like letting a IPA that you get in the mail from a home brewer sit in a garage in Connecticut and then move to Tennessee and then continue to sit there? Is that what it tastes yeah, like? It tastes it tastes something like that, but yeah. Yep. It's uh it's a bad one. I mean, 
I would never drink this beer again. So I don't know how that would correlate on a scale of one to zero to five. Is that a 0.25 or 0.5? I guess I can't imagine it's the worst beer I'm ever going to have, but I'm never going to drink it again. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll, I think my official stance is a 0.5. Okay. I think I, a 0.5 is you can imagine a situation where you're at a table and there's two beers in front of you and one of them is this beer and one of them is the worst beer imaginable and you have to finish one of them. Yes. That's okay. What, that makes us a 0.5. That's a 0.5 that, then. Beer. Yes. That's what this is. That's That's fair. So throughout the rest of the episode, if you hear shuddering, it's me just trying to finish this beer. So <laughs> Shuddering so badly that it makes its way into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that amazing, incredible Face Your Beer segment, <laughs> after, after listening back to last week's episode, I noticed we talked about malls a little bit and how we didn't really know that much about it. So I wanted to bring a new segment to the show, which I'm calling a sequel to Hoppy Hour, Malt Minute. Ooh, and, that's a nice uh, name. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I got. I got to give Chris the credit for coming up with the name because that was that was that was all him. See, now it sounds like I'm just ooh <laughs> nicing myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was very impressed too. I think that makes the segment. But uh, we're gonna teach we're gonna teach our listening audience a little bit about different kinds of malt. And today, I want to start out with the most common malt in ninety five percent, maybe ninety nine percent of all beers, and that's barley. Barley is a cereal grain like wheat or rye, meaning it's like the seed of a grass plant. Like Fruit Loops? No, not that kind of cereal. Like a cereal grain. <laughs> and so when we talk about barley, it's actually, like I said, the seed of the plant. And to understand the different kinds of malt we're going to, the different kinds of barley we're going to talk about today, you got to learn about malting. So how malting is done is by getting the barley wet and warm and convincing the seed that it's springtime so that it'll start to grow and break starch the starch in it down into sugar. And before the seed starts using that sugar to grow, uh, the barley is roasted to stop the grain from growing. And based on the different roasting techniques and methods, you get different types of malt. So in order, and this is, there's a bunch of different kinds of malt. So in order to make it a little more memorable and to help us understand a few of the different types of malt, uh, we asked a few malts to join us today in the studio, believe it or not. Ooh, second guest to the pod. Yeah, yeah some, right? Some extra guests. Yeah, yeah. So first up, I want to introduce you guys to, uh, let me let me get them on camera here. We got uh, the base malt. Hi, everybody. Hi, I'm, base malt. Hi, base malt. Why so sad? I'm, I'm base malt. I'm just roasted enough to not burn, and I add a lot of fermentable sugar, but not a lot of flavor. Some call me boring. And they're pretty much right. I'm pretty boring. Uh, when you think of base malts like me, think of stuff like pale ales and pilsners, basically beers without a lot of malt flavor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for- Yeah, base malt. Thanks for uh, bringing it down a couple notches. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. damn, man. Hey, Have what some can passion. you say? I, I bring the alcohol- so, I guess that's true. You're kind of like the you're kind of like the nerdy twenty one year old at a, at like a high school party. Pretty much, <laughs> he's like the like the guaranteed like wingman. Like he's like you know nobody ever called me a buzzkill. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, baseball. Uh, you can get out of here now. <laughs> 
Um, next up, actually, we have we have our next guest, uh, the marvelous Crystal. Crystal, uh, are you? Oh, welcome to the studio. How's it going tonight? Oh, howdy, boys. I'm Crystal. <laughs> I'm sweet and I'm full bodied like a Georgia page. <laughs> I'm normally roasted wet, so some of my sugars turn to caramel. I make beers like Reds, Ambers, and Oktoberfest. You know, oh. yeah. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, you can't really make any of the really awesome beers without me. So some would say, would you say you're too sweet, Crystal? You know, some folks might say that, but when you're dipped in sugar like me, I don't understand how you could ever be so, so, so how could you get sick of Crystal here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've lost touch. <laughs> Wow, Crystal. So, yeah, I'll remember you next time I'm drinking a red ale. <laughs> oh, yes, you were, darling. <laughs> well, come October, you'll all be thinking of me, so. Hey, uh, Crystal, it's, it's base. Uh, is there any way, maybe, I don't know, are you doing anything later? Oh, oh, base, bless your heart, my, my love. You know, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know if it's, it, it's just... Yeah, you know, I'm just a little busy. I have to go out to the farm and pick my pick my peaches and get my Tennessee honey, you know. So, unfortunately, maybe, you know, maybe next time around we can we can hook up and, you know, maybe go go to the go to the make a beer together. Yeah, maybe make a <laughs> maybe we can make a beer together. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounded you. very close Thank, to a it's not you, you it's me type conversation right there. Um, oh, and actually, we actually have a third guest, believe it or not, in person tonight, in studio. We have the one and only Black Malt. Black Malt. Oh, good to see you. Why, hello. I'm Black Malt. Oh, howdy, boy. I like this one. How you doing, girl? I'm doing just fine. You know all those plans I just talked about? I think they're all canceled now. <laughs> wow. Meet you in the you back see, after sound, the show. You sound smooth, Black Malt. I'm Black Malt. People say I am the smoothest. I've been roasted like a cocoa nib or a coffee bean. And I make beers dark and add chocolate or coffee flavors. When you think of dark malts, think of dark beers like stouts, porters, or black lagers. That's that's crazy. That that's, It's weird that you have the sunglasses on in the studio when it's barely lit in here. But, uh, you know, I guess that's your style. It's all good, baby. All right, I guess that that's it. We have it, folks. Thank we gotta thank our, our guests. Thank you, thank you, Base Malt. Yeah, I was happy. I, uh, okay, and uh, I also want to thank uh, Crystal. Crystal, thanks for coming in. And you know, if you're not busy later, I wouldn't mind. You know, we we can get in touch a little later on. She, oh, she, oh, dar oh, darling, you, you know, those plans they just resurfaced again. <laughs> but you know, again, next time around, maybe just maybe. And uh, Black Malt, thanks again for coming in tonight. You know, it's always a pleasure, always a delight. I'll be here all evening. Great. Well, thanks. So that's uh, that's our first <laughs> Malt Minute. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And we have, I think we have plenty more of these in store in the future. But uh, hopefully that'll help you remember a little bit of the different kinds of malts and, and what they can bring to beers. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, 
it's crazy how people just want to flock to the show. We have one person on, and then all of a sudden, we oh have yeah, all we these have other to have guests. all these guests. Yeah, it just you know, international sensations taking off. Just is what it is. Oh, there's so much of this beer left. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh, I'm sad. I can't help you out. I guess uh, not really. So I know you guys saw the article that I had texted to each of you about the most underrated breweries from each state in the country uh, as done by Thrillist. Yeah, I have that. I got it in front of me right here. Yep, and I thought too. it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I did too. Just to, to ruin the article for everybody for Connecticut, uh, they voted Fat Orange Cat, which is one of the breweries that is the closest brewery to my house, as the most underrated brewery in Connecticut. Um, and then it listed Kent Falls Brewery, which is a beer that I featured, I think, three weeks ago, as the um, top as rated. The, as the top rated brewery in the state. And so I pass them on to you guys so you guys could see what was in your state as well and maybe talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting, um, the Connecticut one. And I've talked about Fat Orange Cat after my trip to Connecticut and I've been there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're that under – if you live in Connecticut, I don't think they're that underrated. Well, I think that's the, that's the key sentence right there is if you live in Connecticut because right. if you live outside of Connecticut, I know there are folks that have never heard of it. And they put out amazing beer. Love them, but yeah, that, it's also that's true. And I, I mean, like I said, when we I had previously reviewed it, it's tough to go. It's tough to have a brewery that's only open one day a week for tastings. So that's another reason why I bet a lot of people aren't familiar with them because it's it's not a it's not a popular spot that you can go seven days a week. It's only, you can only visit there on Saturdays to drink beer. Yeah, that that's that's true. a good point. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what you would say for the most underrated brewery in Connecticut was we were talking about it and I went with Steady Habit because that was where we had our going away party and it was a lot of fun um but if and it was a they had some good beers and it's kind of an industrial feel but if you don't really know where they are and you're not you haven't sought them out you probably haven't heard of them so that's what I said Connecticut's underrated brewery in my opinion is yeah i th- i think it might be maybe relic which Chris drank one of their beers a couple episodes ago. Um, not a lot of people give them a lot of love, even though they put out about 30 different beers and cans. Um, they're constantly coming out with new IPAs and new stouts. Another one is the beer I had tonight, uh, Hooker Brewery. I mean, they're one of the, the oldest breweries in the state, but at the same time, they've reinvented themselves and they're putting out some of the best beer in the state, too. And nobody gives them a lot of love because, like you said, a lot of people remember them for like the Munson's chocolate beer or the watermelon or, yeah, or the watermelon, just things that, you know, are just kind of run of the mill now in Connecticut. But these guys, I mean, I would argue that they don't even, they brew those beers, but they don't even care about those beers anymore. They've moved on to the bigger, better things that are great. I mean, hashtag no filter is a perfect New England style IPA. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if I would put Hooker on the list. I, I understand your points to it, but I think Hooker is just too big a name to be underrated. True. You know what I mean? I I think of like like a thirty mile or a maybe a Shabine. I know they're not mm, they're not yeah. Like, or even you know this is a shout out because I used to go there go here after work. But have you ever been to Black Pond Brews up to, up in Brooklyn? Or, I have not. Like they're pretty good too. They're very small, but they're they put out some good beers too. So you know if they're, if they're listening, which again I assume everybody is, shout out, <laughs> shout out to them. See, I, mean, I, I just confuse them with Black Hog. Because they are very similar names and they're similar yes. locations. <laughs> well, yeah, except they're similar locations, just 
opposite ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, they're north somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought there was a couple interesting other things on here. You know, just to make it to take it to my home state, a uh, brewery near me, Tamarack, made their list of most underrated, which they're okay. Tamarack is. I've been there for a couple flight tastings with um, Enemy of the Pod Blevin. <laughs> Uh, ooh, came, ooh, yeah, Levin. uh, came and we went to Tamarack. Levin and, should really just stop drinking beer. Wow, wow, he's <laughs> throwing the gauntlet down, Ted. <laughs> but they, their food's very good for brewery, their beer's very, um, approachable. And I know that makes me sound like a beer snob, but it's beer for everybody, and they don't do anything that, that crazy. My, my underrated brewery is definitely Bonsai because. They are willing to try crazy stuff, and I like that in a brewery. Uh, and the number one brewery, they said Lewis and Clark Brewing. Um, I don't think I featured them on the podcast yet. They have the prickly pear cactus, the miner's gold. I'll have to bring them on sometime because they got they got some good things. So keep keep that out. Keep an eye out for that in the future for Lewis and Clark Brewing from Montana. Will do. Yeah, and I mean, if we go if we go down south to Tennessee. I'm apparently a very bad beer person because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of the the most underrated and the top rated brewery in the state. So it's going to be on my list of my to do list, so to say. Uh, the most underrated would be Blackstone Brewing, which is apparently in Nashville and one of the oldest breweries in Nashville. So good job, me. Apparently, I just walked, walked right <laughs> by it. <laughs> And then the top-rated brewery is uh, Blackberry Farm, which sounds promising, but I don't know where exactly that is either. So it doesn't say. So who knows? Maybe uh, in the next few weeks, I'll be able to get some of these beers on the podcast. Any friends from Tennessee, you know, throw throw some beers my way. And I did see Yazoo was on their list that they mentioned, Yep, which I know... We are, uh, as a podcast, lukewarm on, I would say. Their beers are okay. But they're not They're not top-rated level. No. I, compared I to Southern Grist. No, I didn't right. think they were at all. I mean, the beer. The beer's good. It's just, I, and, and it, it's part of the product, it's part of, like, where we grew up. We grew up in New England. We like New England IPAs. So we like the, the Bearded Iris and the Southern Grist and those kind of things because they make really, really good IPAs. But if I was going for a, a dark beer like Sioux in Tennessee, I would go to that that Star Spangled Banner place and get that that traditional ale over the Sioux. Yeah, that that is a very good beer. As as mentioned before, Win, the Winchester uh, from Star Spangled Brewing. They're yeah. very good. Uh, do you mind if we talk about Vermont for a second? Because I love talking Vermont... about Vermont beers. But before yeah. we before we go there, though, I, I would like to say maybe potentially one for Connecticut, and I haven't been there. Is that one that you talked about on the pod a couple episodes ago? Uh, Little House. Little House. Yeah. They were really good. I think they're so small that it's hard for them to even make this list. You know, a, a list like this for all 50 states is going to probably gloss over some of the smaller places in it. But yeah, I keep thinking about that trip, that brewery I went to, and it was really, really good. Uh you know, if I next time I make it back to Connecticut, there's not going to be a lot of time, but that's definitely one of the places I w- would want to seek out again because I was very impressed with them. It's on the short list of places for me to visit, so yeah, I just wanted my, to add that in as a as a side note. My advice to you would be go on a time where you don't think it's going to be crowded because it's very small. Okay. So, 
or you show up early or something like that if you want to get a, a, a good seat. Don't show up Friday at 8 p.m. or something like that, you know. But yeah, do you guys mind if I talk about Vermont real quick? Because there, I thought this was interesting. And Vermont has so many breweries. They're so highly rated. How do you pick an underrated brewery here? I mean, the state's huge. I mean, kind of like Connecticut where, you know, they're, they have over 80 breweries. Connecticut has over 80 breweries. I'm sure Vermont probably is well north of 100 at this point, you know. So I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah, that's a bold claim with, with no with no basis behind it. But uh, <laughs> but they have on the list Von Trapp Brewing, which we I last time I tried Von Trapp beer was probably in mid-decades, 2014 or so. And I was really not impressed with them. Yeah, I've had them after you have had them and i really like them just for everybody really? out there yeah von trap is is different from everybody else they don't make the new england style ipas in fact i don't think they make any ipas von trap does does lagers and like german focused beers like oktoberfests and box and that that type of stuff i think their beer is pretty good for what it is i, I mean it's not a it's not an ipa it's not my go-to beer but Every beer I've had by them has been a solid representation of the beer they've been going for. Yeah, maybe it's just because lagers are not very attention-stealing in my mind. Maybe that's what makes them underrated. But um, I think I can get a good lager most places. Um, and if I'm going to drive all the way up to Stowe, I'm going to keep going past Bontrap and go to The Alchemist because you can't go wrong Agreed, with any of their beers. If you're sitting at a bar in Vermont and you don't feel like having any more you know, 8%, 9% heavy IPAs, Ordering up their pills, ordering up Von Trapp's Pilsner is a solid, you know, I'm going to sip this beer and enjoy it type beer. Mm. It kind of gets back to last week about the discussion on would you drink a non-alcoholic beer? <laughs> it's like, are you tired of 8% IPAs? Keep drinking beer, but just, you know, dial it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, of course, they say that the top rated brewery in the state is Hill Farmstead. Which it probably is. I've been there twice. I don't know if I ever go back, partly just because it's so out of the way. But their right. beer is really good, and I think it, that's part of the appeal too. Is you gotta it's it's a it's a odyssey to get their beer. I I get it, but at the same time, kind of like you know going to any of the big breweries. At at a certain point, it becomes more hassle than it's worth, especially in a state like Vermont where all their beer is good. Yeah, I ha as someone who's never been. I would make the drive, but I don't think I would make it three times, like you're saying. So, everybody, it's that time of the podcast where uh, we start winding down and share with you our handles on our Frosty Mug of Wisdom. Uh, the handles can be anything from a life hack to recommendation to anything that comes to our mind. We just want to share something with you listeners so you get some value out of the podcast on top of all the great knowledge that we share. And uh, with that, I think I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So this week I'm going to share a I don't know if I'd call it a brewery. It's it's called the Beer Collective. It's out of East Haven. What it I'm is I'm already intrigued by the fact that you don't know if you would call them a brewery. Right. And when <laughs> I explain it, you can you can tell me what you think it is. So it is a building. It's it's actually where Armada is brewed out of, um, as well as about four or five other breweries, including Overshores. So Overshores was the original brewery that was there. And then when 12% Beer Project came in and took it over and was brewing out of there, and then they left, Overshores never really took back over the building. They basically invited a whole bunch of other breweries from the state in. And now they brew, like like I said, you know, five, six, seven different 
collaborations. No, well, breweries out of the same building. So like you'll have Overshore's there, Armada's there, Hoax Brewery is there, and a few others that are just brewed there. That's so, cool. So, so so the different brewers come in, they share the same brewing equipment. I assume they each have their own tanks and um then release the beers out of the same spot or are correct. they all you get them at that tap room? Yeah, you can get them out of the tap room. They they can them, they distribute them. Um and all the brewers who work th- or all the brewers who brew out of there also work in the tap room. So they all own this building, this brew house together, but they all brew their own separate beer labeled beer out of the building. That's oh, a really cool partnership. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd call it a it's it is a brewery on uh you know, obviously because beer is being brewed there. But I wouldn't it's not like going to two roads. It's you're going you you can knock off five breweries in one stop because they're all in the same building. That's cool. Have you been? Uh I went to a baby shower there a couple weeks ago. So yes, once. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So it's on my list to go back to. So just a weird fun fact, I guess. I actually went to Overshores years ago. Uh, I mean, um, maybe four or five years ago when it was just Overshores and it was a very small operation. So it's kind of cool to see that they. I mean, they don't really brew as much, but it's kind of cool to see that they've come. And they, they've given back to the beer community, and now it seems they're like the headquarters for this beer collaboration. That's pretty pretty awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah, the so, foster home of all these breweries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. So um, Overshores, I, I'm assuming you didn't like it. It is a, you know, it, they, they brew a very European-style beer. Oh, yeah, no. On purpose. No. So, yeah, so they basically just stole the idea from the from 12% Beer Project, which, as we all talk, discussed in another episode, is a nomadic brewery that just sets up shop at one brewery, brews out of there for a couple months and moves on. So basically these guys just wanted to keep that idea around because it was clearly a successful business for them. That's cool. So your handle is go check them out. My my handle is the beer collective in general. Go check them out. Stop by. You know, if you don't like one of the breweries, don't worry, there's others to try. And they all taste slightly different. It's it's a good spot. The brewers, like I said, they're always they're there working. They're the ones who are pouring the beer for you. So if you have a question you can actually talk to the brewer who's brewing for that particular brewery and ask him about the beer. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, who wants the mug next? Yeah, I guess I'll take this one. All right, here you go. So today I'm going to put over a YouTube channel and uh, put over. Uh, that actually works out well because it is called <laughs> <laughs> it's called Cult- Cultaholic. That sounds like a channel you would you would listen to or watch <laughs> as, a, yep. as a cult fan. No, no, no. Cult. C-U-L-T. Not C O L T. Oh, but. so it's like a Scientology based. <laughs> uh, I mean, sorta. I mean, kind of. <laughs> cult. Uh, cult. What's the difference? <laughs> it's a wrestling channel, so kind of a cult, I guess. Okay. And there are a bunch of guys that were that were formerly from What Culture Wrestling, which is another YouTube channel that oh, I don't watch anymore. I get yeah. the cult now. Culture. Yep, Got yep. it. And so they're formerly from them, but they've branched off, made their own YouTube channel, and they cover uh, basically every single WWE or New Japan or AEW or whatever it may be. Uh, they don't only do WWE is kind of what I'm saying. Okay. And they have, they're pretty funny. They do some really good things. They do predictions and then like live reaction videos. They have these WTF moments, which are just like really 
I mean, we all know wrestling is completely real, but sometimes things don't go according to plan. And of course, yeah, <laughs> and As that's is what tradition, they, right? And that's what they highlight in these WTF moments, and they're really funny. And of course, uh, the 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 guy who does does the WTF moments makes fun of people just a lot. So, if you're a wrestling fan, they're worth checking out. And I definitely, I, I don't know, I, I that's cool. I, yeah, I mean, I I've kind of fallen off the wrestling bandwagon as of recent recent like months, but I still try to keep up with my cultaholic videos because then I I'm at least kind of in the loop. And do they come out once a week or is it randomly or? Yeah, I mean, they come out a da- lot daily. Uh, sometimes I mean they have they whenever there's out- wrestling news, they're there. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they'll they'll cover wrestling news and then they have shit like so after every Monday Night Raw, after every SmackDown Live, after every pay-per-view, NXT, they they do like a what happened on and they there's a whole, there's a whole a whole slew of videos. So what I'm imagining up. is it's basically what happens on my text feed between Todd and Chris, whenever there's wrestling. During a pay-per-view. <laughs> instead yeah. of texting each other a hundred times, they'll just say, dude, we gotta get in the studio and record ASAP and then meet up and and film a video. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So yeah, instead of <laughs> we have this so, you know, pulling back the curtain, we have this like podcast text kind of chain where it's all three of us, but two out of three people watch wrestling. So. <laughs> and one out of three people gets confused by lots of wrestling texts. <laughs> I think so. the best part is, is that we no longer text each other separately. No, we don't. I mean, yeah. very rarely do I text just Hud or just Ober. I just We are DAWF podcasts. Yeah, yeah through and through. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get wrestling text you also get wrestling text so what can i ask a question what happened to what culture did we uh why did why did they fall off um you know i don't i don't know why uh i know they were let go i believe for some reason i don't know if it's because they wanted to start their own their own channel not positive but i know that, that what culture is still around but i just i don't watch them anymore out of solidarity so but there it is, Cultaholic on YouTube. Check them out if you like wrestling. They're really funny. But I think we have one more handle left, and that belongs to Sir Obert. Yeah, thanks. All right, here, I'll take I'll take the last handle. I have a really interesting video game for my handle this week, for the final handle on our Frosty Muggle Wisdom. I sent both the co-hosts a trailer of it, but the game is called The Voyage of the Obra Din, and it's a game... Unlike any I've really ever played before, imagine a murder mystery kind of like, you know, the movie Clue or uh, the Murder on the Orient Express. It's like a whodunit scene. But um, the point of the game is you show up on this ship where all of the passengers have disappeared and you have to figure out the fates of all of the crew members. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just beat it yesterday. And... Basically, what happens is you can kind of go back in time and view scenes from each death, and you have to use the clues in that scene to identify who the person was and how they died and or disappeared and who killed them. Um, so you nice. basically travel around this old, you know, early 1800s ship and figure out these murders. And it's also in a really interesting graphic style. It's like they called it not 8-bit, but 
one-bit graphics. Imagine like something on a Commodore 64 or like an old Apple II computer, just like just oh, yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I know cool. a lot of a lot of games now are doing low graphics because it saves money, but this also serves more of a narrative purpose. I'm not doing the best job describing this game because there's so many different facets to it, but if you like really strong storytelling and indie non-traditional games, I really recommend you check this one out because I got hooked. It's a great game to beat in maybe 2 weeks or so where you can just kind of play through it once and watch the story unfold and have a lot of fun with it. Is it um, only available on the PC or is it available on consoles as well? So it appears that it's only available on Steam right now, um, okay. PC and Mac, but um, they're looking to port it over to consoles in the future. But I know um, Chris is a PC gamer. I don't know. Todd, you, you play games on your computer sometimes, right? Every once in a while. Yeah. Worth checking out on Steam, definitely. And we'll put the trailer in with our handle show notes here. Awesome. Sounds like fun. Yeah. So with that, Todd, why don't you take it away? So with that, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank the breweries that provided today's beer. I'm going to go first with uh, Thomas Hooker Brewing out of Bloomfield, Connecticut for supplying Reindeer Slayer. I'd like to thank Key City Brewing Company out of Vicksburg, Mississippi for their Solaire Wit. And who are you not thanking? Oh, I am not thanking uh, noble, the noble brewer, Jaded Little Pale. Definitely not thanking you. It took me like probably an hour to finish this beer. <laughs> I did it. It's empty. But boy, oh, good. I did not yeah. like it. Wow. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I'm going to thank Ipswich Ale Brewery with the Root 1A, double IPA. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and untapped at DAWF Podcast. If you haven't already followed us on those social media channels, please you know, just go on and follow us. It, it, you get all the same great information that you're getting on the podcast just every day of the week. We're posting pictures or funny stories and that type of stuff. Hashtag follow the email with comments, questions, general thoughts, concerns, hatred, or anything else that you'd like to share with us. I know a lot of people don't like you know, other other hosts of this podcast don't want to hear what you've had for breakfast, but I care. No people. general comments. I care. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and make sure that you go on to iTunes, whether you're an Android user or a PC user, and have no other way of going to Apple, I mean, download iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a uh, review. It honestly helps people find us, and that way we can do more cool things with our podcast. And with that, I'm Tud. My name's Crystal. And I'm over it. <laughs> And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. <laughs> oh boy. We're gonna have to have Crystal back again one day. Yeah, yeah. You guys wish you could have Crystal back one day. Ooh, ooh, Crystal's wait, getting wait, spicy. Yeah, where's where's that black ball? Where'd he go off to? <laughs> I like to handle it. Do it again, do it again. <laughs> well hello there. Oh hello there, big boy. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Now, let me say, let me just ask, have you ever gone into an orchard and picked out some Georgia peaches? Because I swear I'm the juiciest, wettest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs>